You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Isaiah chapter 55. <coughs> now over the last number of weeks, we have been talking about the fourth dimension. Everybody say the fourth dimension. Now, if you missed that series, I really encourage you to get a hold of it. It is on all our podcasts and social media platforms. You can go and find it somewhere. And what we're talking about when we say the fourth dimension, how many of you recognize that we live in a three-dimensional world consisting of space, time, matter? Of course, there's height, width, and length. And we understand that everything that's created in this natural realm was created by our God who is spirit. Spirit existed long before the natural. It's not another world somewhere. It is the very realm of God. The whole of the entire, even the universe is not enough to say it. We're talking about eternity, infinity. We're talking about God Almighty. Then in His Wisdom and his power and glory created this natural realm to insert his man into, that's you and me, and then built it based on natural laws. But the natural laws are governed by spiritual laws. Spiritual laws are higher than natural laws. And if someone's limited to the natural realm, you're limited to time, you're limited to space, you're limited to whatever exists, what you can see and touch. But you understand there is a fourth dimension. It's the realm of the spirit. It's the realm of the spirit. That's where God operates from. Angels live and exist from there. And you and I have been given access to that. And so I don't have time to study it again. That's just by way of introduction for those that may have missed it. So that you understand what I mean by fourth dimensional living. It means that we operate at higher laws. Praise God. And we know that we are entering into a season where God has placed it in my heart that for the first time when He spoke to me about it, uh, I'd stepped into it by faith and we saw tremendous miracles as a result. And then every year the Lord's prompted me exactly so. So I've learned that if God gives an instruction, you keep doing what He says till He changes it. And every time He's showing up, how many of you are ready to increase? Let me see. How am you ready to multiply? How am you ready to see yourself expand? I don't want to be the same next year at this time than I am right now. And I look back, I want to know I've advanced. How do you say amen to that? Now we discover from the word that God is a God of increase. Now tonight is our increase anointing evening. There is an anointing for whatever God calls you to do. If He's called you for something... There's a grace that will enable you to do it. God never expects you to do something in your own natural ability. If you can do it in your own natural ability, chances are God wasn't involved in it. Are you with me? I know that when it comes to things that I look in my life so many times, where doctors said it's the end, where banks said it's over, when lawyers say it's done, when people say it's finished, but God. And you know that you, how many of you can say to a testimony, yes and amen, that you can tell me somewhere in your life something happened, you know that was not in the natural. If it was not for God, it would not have happened. Let me see your hand. There's hands all over. 
And that's what we're talking about, this time of supernatural increase. And so tonight we're trusting God for the anointing for that. There is an anointing, an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to increase. If God calls us for increase, then He's going to empower us for it. So you do not want to miss tonight. Can I get a bigger amen? amen? And I know sometimes people say, well, I'll just watch online. Well, you can. And for those that are not able to get to the building and all our partners around the world, that's why we have it online. But I also want to encourage you, there's a difference between listening to someone showering and you getting in the shower. I can hear shower on the CD, but I don't get wet. Those that were in the upper room received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you want to be here tonight and trust God for multiplied increase. Now, to, this morning, I want to take that and expand on it and have a look at how this fourth dimension works. How does it operate? Because if God has called us for increase, it's going to happen first in the realm of the Spirit. And then you and I have access to it. We can call on it and receive it into this natural realm. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, verse 8. My thoughts, this is God speaking. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than than your thoughts. Family, just make a decision right now, if you haven't yet made it. You will never outthink God. You will never outthink God. What do I mean by that? Do you really think you're going to come up with a plan and God says, now why did not think of that? So the idea of increase, the idea of multiplication, the idea of expansion, the idea of the blessing did not come from the mind of man. It came from the heart of God. When God showed up to Abraham, it wasn't like Abraham was out looking for a blessing and then he found this person God and said, would you please bless me? He was just minding his own business. His entire family were sun and moon worshippers. And he was just out one day, but God was looking for a man that he could use to establish his covenant in the earth. And he went with a unique characteristic of this man. He saw here is a man that whatever he knows, he parts, imparts to his children. Here is someone who disciples. Here is someone who teaches. Here is someone who exports what he has into the next generation. And what I have for this human race is generational. I don't want it just for one man. I want it to expand in the entire earth. So I need to know I'm going to call a man who's willing to do that. Who's willing to impart what he knows into the next generation. And he found such a man in Abraham. And when he showed up to Abraham, he said, I am El Shaddai. That word in the Hebrew literally means the all-sufficient. There's nothing you can give me. I've come with everything for you. And then he says to him, and I will bless you. I will bless you. And I will make you a 
great nation. And you're going to be such a great nation that other nations will be blessed through you. And if anyone tries to stop you, anyone tries to curse you, they got me against them as well. I will curse them. But if they get involved with you and bless you, I will bless them. See, that idea of the blessing, of expansion, of growth, and of increase came from God to man. Hallelujah. And so now God is telling us here in Isaiah that his ways are way higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In other words, if you only thinking with the natural mind, we are limited to these three dimensions. Yet God says there is a higher thought life. There's a thought life high. In other words, you take the most intelligent man or woman that understands everything about <laughs> physics and astronomy and, you know, and everything you can imagine. They are, they, you, there's nothing you can teach them about natural laws. And God says, there's still a thought you haven't thought. Where is that? That's out there in the fourth dimension. Hallelujah. You're getting this? Now, if God stopped there, we'd say, well, I suppose that leaves us out of it. But listen to what he says in verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, in those two verses, 10 and 11, there is so much there to unpack. And I don't want to get running on a side trail. So I'm going to have to stay focused now. But there are some points I want to bring to you. Notice, he says here, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, that's the problem with the socialistic government. Now, before anybody gets nervous, this is not a political statement. You can use this in any nation. It's not just our nation. But as long as a government keeps giving people grants and foods and housing, you cultivate a beggar mentality in a nation. You become dependent on that government, which a lot of governments would like to do, because then they keep you dependent, it keeps them in power, and they can keep taking what they want. Are you with me? But God never intended for you to live that way. He never intended for you to live on handouts, to live on grants, because as long as I'm waiting for you to feed me, and then you don't come today to feed me, I go hungry now become dependent on you. And you are not my God. God doesn't just give you food to eat. He does. He does give you food. But He empowers you with seed 
to produce the food you want. You don't have to live on this little bowl of what slop is this. You can make a choice for where you want to live, how you want to live, what you want to live, what you want to wear, where you're going to live, where you're going to... Are you getting a hold of what I'm saying? God gives seed to the sower and through that seed you get your food. So he's placed it in your hand to produce. And we should be producing a nation of producers. Can I get a bigger amen? I said we should be producing a nation of producers. That's the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, notice, it's interesting. God says two things here. One, the word he talks about as rain coming down. But remember Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, Jesus said, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So the word is seed and the word is water. In other words, if you want to produce something as a farmer, there are basic necessities. One is you need soil. Otherwise, you're not a farmer. You need ground. Once you have the ground, you need seed to put in the ground. But if you took seed and just went and planted it on the beach, you wouldn't get much out of it. You need good soil. I said you need good soil, fertile soil. Then if you plant it in the desert, there may be fertile soil there, but if there's no water, it's also going to die. So you need water. Isn't that right? And then, of course, other things like sun and time and everything else. But I'm focusing mainly on seed and water. So God says he wants to produce in your life. He wants to give you seed for sowing and bread for food. So he doesn't expect you to get anything out of nothing. He gives you the seed for sowing, which is the word of God. So you take that word, that word is designed to produce. Seed is designed to produce. Then once the word is sown, he then gives you the word to water it. Family, do you get the idea God wants you to grow and increase and produce? So much so that he leaves nothing for you to find. He gives you the seed. He gives you the bread. He gives you the water. Now notice, it's the word of God. Now, if God just simply created us in this natural realm to go ahead and live and just get through this life and one day at the end, Find out whether you are good or bad and somehow maybe get to heaven. In the meantime, God's just waiting to see what you're going to do. Then we would be in a hopeless situation. But you notice, according to this scripture, God sent his word. I said, God sent his word. For what reason? To accomplish what he desires. 
So evidently there is something God wants to be done in the earth, but to get it done, he had to send the word to accomplish it. Otherwise he could have kept the word to himself. So God has spent, sent the word with a specific assignment. Say that. God has sent the word with a specific assignment. Now notice he says when he sends his word, it doesn't fail. It doesn't return void. It will accomplish what he pleases. Now notice, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Remember Colossians 1 verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and, 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 what understanding? See, we began, before we were saved, we had natural understanding. But when you were born again, you were introduced to the spirit realm, the fourth dimension. You could say this, Fourth dimensional understanding, spiritual understanding. In other words, there are insights that Paul's saying here, you may study all you want in the universities, you'll still be limited. But I'm praying that you will expand beyond your natural understanding. That you will see things that others don't see. You'll have access to things others don't have access to. That you're filled with the knowledge of God's will. Why is that so important? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by. You've heard me say it before. Your faith will never rise beyond the knowledge of God's will. If I don't know God wants to heal me, I, I can't believe for healing. And even people that have the Bible still don't believe God heals today. Well, even though they got the scriptures, they won't see it happening. But to access it by faith, I need to know the will of God. What is God's will in the situation? And the Bible's clear that God says He wills that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. God's will and desire, by Jesus' stripes you were healed, His will for you is healing. So you come to the knowledge of that will, and you can access beyond medical science. So the doctors say, you've got three months. Hang on. God says, with long life, I will satisfy you. I'm accessing that truth. That's the will of God. Someone say amen. So we want to have this spiritual understanding. Everybody say spiritual understanding. Now why? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, that you are fruitful in every good work, and, and, doing what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. So increase begins with increasing in the knowledge of God. Why is that so important? Well, remember 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? All things. And be in health just as your? There's the key. As your soul prospers. Sometimes when you start talking about prosperity, people get nervous because they think you're just talking about money. There they go again. They just want my money. No, no, I don't need your money. I have a God who provides everything. Amen. So just put that out your mind right away. 
When we talk about prosperity, prosperity is not just finances. Finances are included, but really it's the least of everything. There's a fivefold aspect to prosperity. Spirit, soul, your natural health, your relationships, and of course finances. And it begins with spirit. I don't care if someone's got 50 million rand, 50 million dollars, whatever currency you may be working with. If someone's not born again, that's a poor man with a lot of money. Because if they die, someone else gets the money and they go to hell. That's a poor man. You need to be born again. If you're not yet given your life to Jesus, you start by serving Him. And you don't serve Him for stuff. You serve Him because He's God. Because He loves you. He died for you, gave His life for you, and rescued you from an eternity of hell to be with Him for eternity. Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. Amen. So it begins with being born again. Right after that comes soul. Your spirit with a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Someone can be born again, but if they just, you know, declare poverty vow and, you know, maybe I'm sick because God's trying to teach me a lesson and I'm just trying to get through this life and, you know, one day there's a log cabin for me in heaven and, you know, the songs they used to sing and things like that. Well, that person will go to heaven, but they'll struggle like crazy on the way. And God didn't intend for you to keep struggling and battling. Hallelujah. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The, the, the battle is the Lord, the victory is ours. So God wants you to live a victorious life. Jesus said very clearly, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. So that is God's will and plan for you. But I will never be able to access it until my soul realm, my mind, my will, and my emotions line up with that. I have to know God's plan for me. I have to understand that plan. I have to believe that plan. And then I need to access it by faith to will, to put into action what God has said. And by doing that, my emotions will line up. I can't say, praise God, I believe I'm healed. Oh, Jesus, 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 I'm healed. No, no, why, what, what, what's the crying about? Are you with me? Well, I'm hoping. Oh, well, there we're not yet into, see, the soul, you're, you're, you, you know what to say, but in your mind you think you're still going to die. Not you, the person. If they have in the mind they think they're still going to die. No, I need to even get my emotions intact. It's like that, 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 that woman whose son would died, and then she went to the man of God, and her husband said, where are you going? She says, it is well, I'm going to the man of God. And then the man saw her coming, so he sent his servant, go find out why she's coming. He went up, what's going on? It's well. Why? She's coming back. You see, there, there's, a, there's an emotional attachment to that as well. So you can see, as, as your soul prospers, you're able to access the full prosperity of God. And then, of course, your physical body, your healing and that, your relationships, being able to work with people, disciple, etc. And then, of course, finances as well. So is this God's desire for you? Well, we need to clarify that in the words. Psalm 35, verse 27, let them shout for Joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say, how often? You're always talking about this, Pastor Allen. Yes, amen. Let them say, continually. Let the Lord be 
magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Lift your hand and say, praise God. I'll continuously say it. My God has pleasure in my prosperity. Well, what do we know about pleasing God? Without faith it is impossible to please God. So therefore prosperity must be accessed by faith to please Him. And if it's going to be accessed by faith, faith only comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Therefore, you put all the formulas together, prosperity comes by faith, by the Word of God. It is God's will and plan for you. And if He sent that Word, it will accomplish what He pleases. Shout amen. amen. Psalm 115 verse 14. May the Lord, may who? Lord. Who? Lord. Give you what? So that doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from your boss. Your company. Your investments. Those are tools. Those are avenues. Streams. But the increase comes from where? May the Lord give you increase. Now he could have stopped right there. But remember his ways are higher than your ways. If I ask you how much increase do you want this year? You might come up with a number. So may the Lord increase you more. Come up with another number. So you come up with another number. Okay. May the Lord increase you more and more. See, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. Ephesians 3.20. Why ask or think? Because usually we think one way, but by the time we ask God, we water it down. And God says, I hear what you're saying. I saw what you're thinking, but I want you to know you've already shortchanged me. I can go way beyond that. Now, do yourself a favor, write this verse down, and then tomorrow morning, go read it. It's still going to say the same thing. Next time you get an increase, pull this verse out, read it. It's still going to say the same thing. God doesn't say, I will increase you until. I will increase you until your neighbors think you've gone way too much. I'll give you increase until someone criticizes you. I'll give you increase when someone doesn't understand and they want to tax you out. of. I'll increase you until. No. That's why you've heard me say it before, and I'll say it for you too. Don't let anyone ever talk you out of increase. I think that's just too much. Oh, really? Pull this verse out again. You think I've increased too much? May the Lord increase you more and more. You and your children. See, generational. Everybody say generational. Now, Remember soul prosperity? Why is it that I'm still where I am today? When all, everything in me wants to increase. Proverbs 23 verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are an exact reflection today of what you believe you should be. Someone says, no, I, I really want to be further. Yeah, I understand that. But until we renew the inner man, 
to believe that God wants me prosperous, as long as I'm still nervous about what other people think or say, as I'm still worried whether I should be having this, whether I deserve it or not, whether I should be here or not, if those things are hindering me, I'll always go right back to where I'm supposed to be, where I think I am. So as long as I am stuck in a poverty mindset, as I'm stuck in a poverty environment, in a poverty neighborhood, in that concept, I'm not bringing any particular neighborhood into disrepute because we all start somewhere. But we don't have to stay there. And it's not necessary that you even have to come out of that neighborhood. You can transform the neighborhood from the inside out. But it has to begin from the inside. Just changing my environment on the outside will not change it. I have to change the way I see it, the way I think about it, the way I believe. How's that going to happen? Proverbs 18 verse 21. Death and life are in the power of God. Now a lot of people think that. But notice what the word says. Death and life are in the power of the? I just don't believe that. Well, just hang on. Keep reading. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Only those who can get this concept and believe it will be able to access it. And what is that? Is that your words determine your life. God says, I lay before you. Life and death, therefore, your choice. Your choice. You choose life. How do you do that? You start by what you say. You see, if I wanted to move something in this three-dimensional realm, space, time, and matter, it means I have to apply matter to matter. If I wanted to move the speaker, I would have to apply something else physical to it, and then I'd have to apply force to move that speaker. So that we understand. There's a physical force, matter against matter. But how do you move things in the fourth dimension? Because there's no ways to, how do you penetrate this veil into the realm of the spirit? Because there's something out there that should be in here. How do I draw that in? There's no ways for this physical body to access it. Even my spiritual hand. Well, <laughs> How do you operate that? If I stepped out this body, how do you apply spirit to spirit? No, the fourth dimension is accessed by words. I said the fourth dimension is accessed by words. Everybody say that. Remember Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. Jesus saying, oh, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks, now listen to this, out of the abundance of the heart, the, the, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, you'll speak according to what's in your heart. What happens? A good man out of the good treasure, the good resource, the good source of his heart brings forth good things, an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things things. So you have deposited in your spirit 
everything that God desires for you to have. He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. There is nothing missing from the Spirit of God. He's entirely within you. The whole realm of the kingdom is within you. How do you bring it out? It comes out of your heart. But you notice, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth, the words, draw from the Spirit what's in your heart. Remember we said, seed for sowing, bread for food, soil is required. You are that soil. Remember once again, the seed is the Word of God. Your Spirit is designed to produce what God has given you to produce. I said your spirit is designed to produce. Your spirit produces it, then you use the natural hands together. Remember the children of Israel when they were traveling through the wilderness? God fed them manna. That manna came from the fourth dimension. It is food delivered from the spiritual realm manifesting in the natural realm. But then they had to go gather it. They didn't work to create the manna. The manna was created by the word of God. They gathered it. Remember the Jesus feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children? And then they, what do you have? Five loaves, two fish. What is that among so many? Give it to me. He blesses it. And then it multiplies. Five loaves, two fish. You can hold in two hands. So how, where did the other food come from that could feed all those people? That came out of the fourth dimension. It was manifesting into this natural realm. But then notice Jesus says, now go and gather. And they had 12 baskets. It was spread all over, but in the gathering they brought it together. Oh, you got to see this. How many believe in God for a house? It already exists. Even if you're going to build a house. I saw this when we built our house. I saw it when I was standing on an empty plot. And I said, how does faith access this house? And I, and I saw in the natural these, the tiles are already in Italy. The, the, the bricks are down the road. The steel is down there. The, uh, the, are you with me? The cement. They're busy pulling it out of a, out of a cement farm now. Are you with me? They're mining it now. They, 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 my house is just scattered around the earth. But what is faith going to do? I'm going to speak and I'm going to begin to access and draw that house from the four corners of the earth and bring it onto this plot. And I begin to speak and I begin to decree. And then I go out in the natural and I begin to gather up. And today the house is there. But I saw it before it existed. You getting this? Now have a look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 from the Amplified. Now, this is a very important scripture if you're going to learn to walk in the fourth dimension. Because there will be those that will try and talk you out of it. Therefore, there's some homework. You need to go read it what therefore is therefore. 
And let's look at this. Become imitators of God. Copy Him. Follow His example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father. Have you noticed something about children? Look at a, a boy with his, with his father or a daughter with a, their mother. Have you noticed how, they, as they grow up, you look at them suddenly and say, but dad walks like that. They begin walking like you. Isn't that right? You can almost tell whose child that is. They, they start walking like them and they speak, they sound like them. Uh, I mean, there's even times when Sometimes uh, I phone Janine's phone and, and, and then it's answered, Brittany answers it. And I start talking to her like she's Janine. And only after a while I go, you can hear it's like, this is me, Dad. Oh, what's she done? She's picked up voice inflections even. Are you with me? That happens when you walk closely with someone, when you, when you are imitating someone. And yeah, Paul's saying, walk so close with God that if someone sees you, they actually see God in action. Now, this is not blasphemy. You, you will never be God. There's only one. That, I don't want his position. He is God. Hey, listen, I, I deserve nothing. Everything I have is because of him. Amen. But if I'm his son, I want to be like him. I said I want to be just like him. So if we're going to imitate God, how did God produce? How did He produce? How did He make things happen? Well, have a look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures. Where did the very first fish come from? When Jesus said to Peter, go ahead and throw your nets in for a large catch, all of a sudden there's more fish than that lake could ever hold. Just filling up their boats. Where did those fish come from? Well, where did the first fish come from? You notice God didn't say, I create a fish. Let there be a fish. He spoke to the waters and said, bring forth a fish. You take the environment where you want something, and then you speak to that environment what you want to be there. That's how God did it. He spoke to the waters and said, bring forth fish. And what happened? The waters responded and produced the fish. See, when I spoke to that land and said, produce a house, the words went into action. And then you gather up. The God's, Jesus said, throw out your nets for a catch. He didn't say, fish multiply for Peter. He said, throw out your nets. What's he saying? Start gathering and you will notice what I said is manifesting. Is this helping someone? And look at verse 24. Same thing. God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. You see, God decided what he wanted and then spoke to what he wanted it to be made from. God decided what he wanted, and then he spoke to what he wanted it to come from. Do you have a dream? Do you have a desire? Do you know what you want? 
Then speak to that environment. Speak to that environment. What was, what is the primary purpose of the word of God? Well, we read it in Isaiah 55, 11. My word has been sent to produce. My word will accomplish what I sent it for. Say that. God sent his word to produce his desire. Now, remember, Luke 8, 11, the seed is the. So God has given you the seed. See, when God gives you his word, he's not just telling you who he is. He's not just telling you his will. He is giving you something to say. Oh, you've got to get a hold of this. He gives you the seeds. Yeah, I have a packet of beetroot, Detroit dark red beetroot seeds. Can you hear it? That is a packet of seeds. Now, when they sell this to you, you, you can hear, I'm not going to open it now, but you can hear the seeds in there. But you notice the picture? They don't put pictures of seeds on there. Now, a lot of other things, if you're buying a toaster, you see the toaster on the packet. Why? It's already produced. This, if they gave you, just put seeds on you, look at seeds, well, but what does this do? It creates a desire. They are giving you a picture of your future. Is this what you want? See, there's a whole bunch, there's tomatoes, there's apples, there's whatever lying on the, on the shelf. You scan it and you find what you want. So now I see beetroot. I want beetroot. So what I do? In this packet it says that you have beetroot. I have beetroot right here. But if I open this packet now and ate it, I think, but no, they, they, they deceived me. No, they gave me a future. They gave me a picture. They gave me a desire. It is written. Amen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the? Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things. I don't have a beetroot yet. But I do have beetroot. See, it's not yet in the fourth dimension. It's not yet in the third dimension. I don't yet have a natural beetroot in my hand. But I have the means to it. Somebody gave me a packet of seeds. Now I have, it is written, I have beetroot. But here's the thing, if it's there, I can tell everyone I have beetroot, but I'll never eat it. I have to take these seeds, open it up, find soil somewhere, plant that seed, water it, nurture it, and the earth will give up the beetroot that the seed is produced, designed to produce. In your lap is a humongous 
warehouses. I mean, you can't, it, it's not big enough to contain everything God has for you. Everything God has for you will not, there's not enough buildings in Somerset West to hold everything God wants to give you, but He's placed it all in your lap, in the packet called the Word of God. God doesn't have to give you the house. He's given you the seed. You getting this? And that word is the seed. That is the faith. You take that word, draw it out of the packet, out of the Bible, deposit it in the soil of your heart. How do you do that? By speaking it. And then you speak to the environment. You water it. You water it. Same way if I planted the seed and just left it, it would die. I have to water it every day. Then you take the word that God has given you and you start speaking. Just the same way you're watering. Why are you watering this piece of sand? I've got beetroots coming out of there. You don't even see them. They're underground. But they're there. So you keep watering. Keep watering. You keep speaking to that environment. You keep speaking to the environment. You keep speaking to the environment. How long? Until your harvest comes forth. Until your harvest comes forth. Hallelujah. 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 See, family of God, there are those that are going to want to silence you. But you have to see it long before you see it. Remember in Mark chapter 10, Bartimaeus, he was blind, verse 46, and he hears Jesus is in the crowd. Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. What happened? Everybody tried to cut, silence him. Be quiet. Quiet. Shh, 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 quiet. Don't, don't. And the more they try to silence him, the more he shouted. And eventually, Jesus says, what is that commotion? Don't worry about him. No, we just get No, no, bring him here. And they bring him up to Jesus. And verse 51, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you've heard me say it before. I'll say it again here. What kind of question... Is that to a blind man? Can't God see I need help? Yeah, he can. But God's not moved by our desperation. God's not moved by our moans and our cries and our tears. What do you want? Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. What's he saying? I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. Family of God, that's in natural blindness. But so many people today have chosen poverty without realizing it. Someone sowed a seed of poverty 
And they still living broke, busted, and disgusted. Because they can't see their way out. But you've come to the master. What do you want? That I can see. God said to Abraham, look all the land that you can see I've given to you. You need to see it before you receive it. Lord, that I can see. They tried to silence him. They tried to shut him down. It happened for Jesus. The same thing happened with Jesus. They tried to silence him. Have a look at Matthew 15 verse 12. The disciples came and said, Do you not know the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying? Jesus answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Leave them alone. The blind are leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Family, there are those that cannot see the realm of the Spirit. They cannot see the fourth dimension. They don't see that God wants to increase you. Don't listen to them. Don't let words of criticism, don't let words that try to talk you out of it come against you. Make a decision today. I don't care if the whole crowd is telling me to be quiet. Lord, you said I can see it. I have access to it. I can see the increase coming my way. I can see you building me. I can see you increasing me. I can see you multiplying me. I'm not going to be led into the ditch if the blind man's blind. He's going to fall in the ditch. I'm not going with him. And so very often, they, I mean, they even took up stones to stone Jesus. Why did they want to stone him? John 10 verse 30 says, I and my father are one. I and my father are one. The day you start acting like God, the enemy is going to do everything he can to build unbelief, to steal the word from you. You're not going to let that happen. I said, you're not going to let that happen. You're not going to let the devil talk you out of your harvest. You're not going to let the devil talk you out of your increase. You're not going to let the devil stop you from what God has given you. How are you going to do that? By lifting your hands and praising God and speaking it just the way he said it, the way he gave it to you in the word. Take those words and speak those words of faith. Just like God did. Be imitators of your God. How many are ready for increase? Come on, give Jesus praise if you can see it today. Let's stand to our feet. I wanted to prepare you with the tools for tonight. Because tonight we are accessing this. Hallelujah. Place your hand on your heart and say, Today I heard the word of God. That word has brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. I put this word into action. Today, as I decree the word, I see God sent his word to produce in my life everything he plans and purposes. God's desire is for me to prosper in all things, to be in health, even as my soul prospers, I receive the prosperity of God. And today, 
I decree everything I put my hand to prospers and succeeds. I thank God for the privilege of speaking the word. As I speak the living word of God, it activates, it comes to life. And all that God designs manifests in my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah.